The following podcast is a proud member of the Blue Collar Roots Network. Find all the shows by visiting bluecollarroots.com. Here's the president and primary owner of True Tech Tools, licensed engineer, and the nicest BS artist you will ever meet, Bill Spone. Welcome back to another episode of the Building HVAC Science Podcast. We're trying to create better, more knowledgeable HVAC and building performance technicians, especially by helping the two professions better understand each other with the goal of making customers happy in the homes they live in and the buildings they work in. Today is a real HVACR focus for the podcast today. So there's physical science, then there's the kind of science as to how the mind works and how people achieve their dreams. Now, if you blend one part plasma fusion physics with one part commercial real estate and stir this in an open mind and a creative mind, you'll end up with Peter Capacciati, the chairman and founder of Blue On and the guest of today's podcast. So beginning in 2011, Peters led the team at Blue On to develop a true solution for R22 replacement. It's called TDX20 or R458A, something unlike anything the HVACR world has seen so far. It's truly an energy-saving product as they're demonstrating amp draw decreases and increases in capacity, totaling around 15 to 20%. Now, we love digging into the science of HVAC in this podcast, and Peter is the perfect tour guide for this challenging journey of creating refrigerant chemistry that's been proven to perform in about 80% of the R22 systems. And this is backed up by real-world testing on equipment, not just simulations. So let's listen in as Peter tells us the story, the journey of Blue On, and learn some things. Peter, how are you? Doing well. How about you, Bill? I'm doing well, thank you. Peter is the, I'm going to say, president, founder of Blue On Energy. Tell us about that, Peter. What is Blue On Energy? Well, first of all, we, the name has changed to Blue On, so we did a name change about 12 months ago. Yeah, but Blue On, it was interesting because it, it started out as a pure research and development product company back in 2000, late 11, early 12, with a single mission, which was to produce an R22 replacement, or we call a solution that would actually improve the performance of the legacy equipment that we knew back then was still going to be a large part of the footprint come 2020. And here we are, and it's still north of 50% in the commercial space. And so, yeah, we spent four years almost exclusively in empirical research, testing hundreds, if not thousands of formulas, trying to find anomalies that the big guys had missed in terms of creating efficiency, both with the chemistry as well as how that chemistry interacts with the architecture of the systems. And sure enough, after three and a half years, four years, we were able to come up with a formula that does indeed do that, decreases amp draw by 10 to 20%, increases capacity 3 to 6%, 7% sometimes. And overall, you're getting a 15 to 20% or more overall energy consumption benefit without loss of capacity. But then the games began, right? We thought we had a sort of you know, high five moment then, but then we go to EPA, which turned out to be a very challenging process. We thought we were going to get high fives and hugs by the EPA. And instead, we got cold shoulder and get out of my office. Obviously, the lobby dollars between Honeywell and Keymores uh, does a lot to keep the EPA on their side, so to speak. But through a lot of perseverance and tenacity, we got about 15 senators and congressmen and governors on board, putting a lot of pressure on them. Finally, ended up getting a meeting with the prior EPA chief, who, who named, were named nameless on this call. 
And with that one meeting, because we had the right contact, sure enough, we got approved two and a half years later. So it was a very interesting day. It was super exciting, but it was also very depressing to see how our system works. And if you're an innovative startup, you got no chance, right? Unless you have political allies in that fight, which was an interesting observation. And then, so now we have this product, we got on the market and we start to do installations with a lot of large commercial real estate players. My background was in commercial real estate back from 92 to 2010. So I had a lot of contacts with a lot of the asset managers and large developers. So we started doing a lot of pilot installs in 2016, 17, after we got EPA. And we quickly became aware that the vast majority of the commercial contractors are not prepared to do retrofit. They don't have the training, the support, the know-how, the skill sets, experience to do so. So we were like, oh, pump the brakes, because if we go in the market aggressively now, we're going to have a lot of broken equipment and we're going to get the blame, not the contractor. So we had to really sit down and figure out how do you train and support 300,000 service technicians across the country, initially before the world, in a way that's very easy, obtainable, and scalable, which was not an easy task, but I think we figured it out. So we created a very short, entertaining, easy to digest 30-minute video course that gives kind of the basic training on how to use blends and what the retrofit world is all about, really basic stuff but sort of reacquaint these guys, what they learned when they got their uh, 608 and got their basic training. And then the hard part began. We created a database of every single R22 unit out there. And how many unique models do you think are in the USA right now operating on rooftops and throughout the country? I sort of have a clue. So I'm going to say 20,000. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're spot on. It's like 22,000 and change. Just an absolutely enormous number, right? So we had to basically put our tech team in a closet for two years and <laughs> had them digest and record literally every one of those units, not even a joke, every single one, and figure out what the architecture of that system are, is, what the unique controls are, what the unique components are, and then how those unique components and controls are related to how to retrofit that system. What needs to be changed, what doesn't need to be changed, tuned, whatnot. And we created a very simple green, yellow, red light system in our database, which is now on our app. Green, super simple. That's about 60% of units. Nothing to worry about. Very simple. Just evacuate, recharge, super heat on your way. Yellow, okay, something has to be modified. That could be as simple as a hot gas bypass tuning. That could be a TXCV twisting. That could be replacing the metering device. That could be oversized TXVs, pump down circuitry, whatever it might be. And then it tells you in the app exactly what to do to tweak that system to enable it to run well under a blend. And then red is basically run for the hills. This unit should not be retrofit under any circumstance. As they say in New York, forget about it. Yeah, forget about it. And there's about 20% of the units in the market that fall into that category. And so with that being said, we have to also acknowledge that there is a big part of the market that is going to be consuming a lot of R22 irrelevant of retrofit opportunities. So we'll get into that in a later, but it's a really important observation. So we ended up with this training and this database and this app, and the app has sort of grown into almost our business because we're bringing in about 1,000 to 1,500 technicians a month onto our platform that want to use this database, this ecosystem that is really evolving into a big solution aspect we sort of started as a product, ended up as a retrofit, and now we ended up as a sort of a solution that encompasses retrofit in the daily lives of a service tech. 
it's a long-winded answer to how Blue On became Blue On. <laughs> now, you have a great presentation for the product. It's very solid, but I'm going to say it's very slick, very clean, very bold, and that can easily be confused with maybe some snake oil solutions. And you are not that. I'll say that preemptively. You are not that at all, but I want to make sure people hear that. I mean, just listening to what you said, the way you approached it, the way you were honest about sort of the starts and the stops and the retractions and the revamping your business and the growth. Tell us a little bit about your scientific background here. I think that's important for listeners to hear. Yeah. So before I got into commercial real estate, which by the way, I'd never ever intended to do in my life plan back when I was a uh, in high school and college, I was a physics guy since the time I can remember. I mean, since I was six years old, I was stuck in a physics book, just obsessed with uh, particle physics, nuclear physics, cosmology, which sort of ruled my existence all the way up through college. So I went to Columbia as an applied physics, nuclear physics major, worked on the Columbia Princeton plasma fusion, plasma physics, tokamak project for two years. That program, which was going to be my life, I mean, that was sort of where I was headed, moving on to PhD work and working on that project, which was incredibly interesting. But that project got just cut in 1991. The federal government cut the JV project between Columbia and Princeton. That's what sort of left me without a job. So here I am, a newly minted physicist without a job in Manhattan and being like, oh my God, I got to pay the rent. Uh, And of course, back in those days, when you graduate, as my dad said, the bank of dad is closed. So there's no going home like there is today. So I had to figure out what to do and ended up just thought it would be like a six month job just to sort of pay the bills while I figured out the next lab. Got there, started running numbers at this real estate shop in New York and looked around and all these folks were making really good money and were not offering a lot of value to say the least to their clients. And so six months turned into a year, a year turned into two years. Next thing I know, I'm assessing the real estate market and realizing that there's so many inefficiencies and arbitrage opportunities to do both with finance and construction. And long story short, I ended up building a team to take advantage of all those opportunities and bringing in contractors and engineers, architects, finance guys, brokers. And we ended up building close to $27 billion in commercial real estate from 93 to 2010 before I woke up and I was 40 and I'm like, oh my God, if I don't get out of this life now and get back to research and development, I'm never getting out of here. I want to make sure people heard that was 27 billion with a B, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a B. Okay. Yeah. We built basically large corporate campuses around the country for Fortune 500 companies. Once we figured out how to do it at 30% less than everybody else, it was pretty much like printing money at that point in time. But it wasn't research. It wasn't development. I wasn't really doing anything meaningful for the planet or for humanity, which is kind of why I was a physicist to begin with. And I was under some pretty heavy internal stress to get back to that. I did the unthinkable, right? I left a job that people would literally would kill for. I mean, it was a job that I was basically on the top of the team, not working all that hard, making an obscene amount of money relative to most people, not equal. I mean, you look at you're just closer to the money printing, so to speak, as I say but not doing what I wanted to do. So I just left abruptly. Everybody thought I was criminally insane. Took a year off, jumped back into physics, went around conferences, dove back in, saw a lot of interesting anomalies, what I call sort of a fringe or non-standard model physics. And that's where Blue On was born because we actually came across, so I had a year of doing that research, decided to put together a, a little seed capital fund with my capital and about 20 others that I was acquainted with. 
And one of the first entities that we came across was Bluon before it was Bluon. So it was more of an idea. And the idea ended up to be incorrect. In other words, the chemistry the guy had put together was wrong. But the idea lived on. And then I'd also built a think tank in the same time period in Denver. Uh, we had about 20 scientists, physicists, biologists, uh, engineers, all sort of, I call them the analog renaissance cowboys, because these are guys that are <laughs> doing sort of out there stuff. I sort of tasked them with the issue, you know, what can we do here? And long story short, over those next three and a half years, uh, we were able to produce that formula that is now TDX20. But yeah, it was a long journey, but it's all baked in really deep science, empirical research. What the big guys have forgotten how to do is empirical research, right? They only do simulation research, meaning they use their models, they use their simulators to determine what various chemistries are going to do in various systems. And maybe they do a final test to confirm that, but they're never looking for other possibilities with chemistries that might not look great in the simulation, but actually perform really well in the real world. In the real world, yeah. That's where your secret sauce without revealing too much, but it's really, it comes through intense effort, experimentation. Would you say that? Absolutely. Yeah. Empirical feedback. Absolutely. That was the whole ballgame. You've also surrounded yourself with a staff who's pretty sharp. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that and how that's kind of grown and developed? Our team is our greatest strength. So we've been sort of bolting on individuals. We have this saying in the office, only ninjas, we say. <laughs> Only bringing people that are really extraordinary and can wear five hats and critically think and assess various problems from multiple angles. And so we've, as a result of that, we've got a team of people that are, most of them have a scientific background or an engineering background, or they're really seasoned technicians from the field. But we bring them together. So we've got chemical engineers, mechanical engineers. We've got one of my partners is a chemical engineer. One of our you know, superstars, a young woman out of Stanford, Danica, she's a mechanical engineer, just a remarkable person. And so we bring all these individuals together that have these skill sets, and we're able to do things in weeks that takes the big companies years because we have, for example, how we develop the app. We have these best-in-class technicians, guys with 30, 40 years experience that know how to problem solve any system out there. We have these mechanical engineers that look at it from a different perspective. We have software developers that know how to integrate all of this information. We have chemical engineers that are looking at from third or fourth perspective, and that brings a unique solution that we can drive rapidly. We have the also saying is, you know, best idea wins. There's no egos in any of this stuff. It's just a flow of collaboration, which brings, oh, I'm always a big fan of collaboration over competition any day of the week. And if you can create an egoless environment, you can make things happen in a, a magical way. Very cool. And some of your videos, you have a YouTube channel, I guess, and also do Facebook videos, but you have interviews, discussions, brief little discussions about different points with some of your staff. So if anyone listening wants to see more of that, where should they look for that to kind of meet the staff? Yeah, they can just go to the YouTube Blue On channel. Just type in B-L-U-O-N and you will find it. You told me once before why you picked Blue On. Can you repeat that for our audience? One of my old partners picked the name the name is a really genius idea because it basically takes Freon. And as we all know, the word blue is kind of a synonym for tech, right? Tech, new tech. And basically wanted to create a word that had a tech feel, but referenced back to the old world, but with a vision for the future in terms of a environmentally friendly, technology friendly, 
HVAC solution that's based in refrigerant chemistry or refrigerant analysis or refrigerant development. Nice two syllables, flows off the tongue really easily, kind of has a hard consonant at the beginning. That's very cool. TDX20, there's a product and there's a company. Are there future products coming? Can you talk about? There's both, we're working on both chemistry, meaning new refrigerants, and also technology that works alongside it. So for example, the vast majority of large commercial units, let's say north of 40 tons, are complex to retrofit. In many cases, they require using electronic expansion valves and maybe a liquid line solenoid tech valve to retrofit them. And so a lot of, as you probably know, a lot of commercial contractors are just not a big fan of the electronic side of the equation. They're not comfortable there. So we've developed these control panels that take all of the complexity of that retrofit. So we're talking about all the controls for the EVs, all of the various relays that control them, a monitoring, a wireless monitoring device, a backup uh, super caps for when power goes down, an AC-DC transformer to make the whole thing DC to get rid of the dirty AC power. And we sell that whole package to our community contractors so now they can retrofit these units by simply following the colors of wires, right? They braze in the valve, follow the wires, plug them into the control panel, and you're off to the races. So you save about 10 hours of man hours, and also you have no risk of wiring it incorrectly, and you have a system that's fully redundant and very easy to install. So we're enabling retrofit for the vast majority of contractors who may not otherwise want to tackle that project. And so that's a big, big thing we're working on right now to get those out in a large quantity. They're not cheap. These are $2,500, $3,000 items. But overall, they save you money and give you a bigger margin on the retrofit when you do the math if you're a, a commercial contractor. So reduce and risk. They de-risk it too. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. De-risk is the big one for these guys, right? Because it's just not their sweet spot. So we take that away and give them a higher margin because they're able to charge the same rate, but they're going to reduce their man hours and, and reduce their overall cost of uh, equipment. And so we're working on that. That's been a big project for the last six months. We're also working on a 410A replacement that we're very close on, very, very close on. As I think you may know, we have a really elaborate testing chamber in our facility in Irvine. It lets us simulate any condition from freezing to 125 degrees Fahrenheit, any humidity. And we can run various size systems up to 10 tons in this environment and record every aspect of how that unit's doing, how the refrigerant's operating in the coil. We have a Coriolis meter that gives us really remarkable data on the state of the, what is it vapor, is it liquid, the mass flow, all these data points that allow us to really dial in their empirical research. So we're very close to doing that. We're hoping to get uh, application out to the EPA shortly for a 410A replacement. And as you know, that market's going to become very interesting after 2022 because of the California regs coming down. That's going to ban the use of new 410A equipment and potentially the use of 410A in maintenance. So that's going to be a hell of a chaos in the market. And so trying to get ahead of that and produce solutions for our community that can handle that, that can use that, that information or that product. I want to take a moment and mention one of the sponsors of the Building HVAC Science podcast. That's Build Equinox. Build Equinox is the manufacturer of the Serve 2. That's the conditioning ERV. Of course, an ERV is an energy recovery ventilator. I like to call it a smart ventilator as it decides when to run based on integrated sensors. This very unique product contains a one-third horsepower variable speed heat pump to positively transfer more of the sensible and latent energy between this ERV's ventilation and exhaust streams. 
I'm so impressed with this product. I'll be using it in my own personalized performance home scheduled for occupancy by summer of 2020. So surf on over to www.buildequinox.com to learn more about the Surf 2, which by the way is American designed and made in a solar powered factory in Urbana, Illinois. Also look for an episode of the Building HVAC Science Podcast where I interview the inventor, Ty Newell. And when you get in touch, tell them the Building HVAC Science Podcast sent you. Thanks. So going into this, I'm sure you had a perspective, like we have the product, we have the chemistry ready, now we're really ready to take it out to the market. How did that go in terms of, I'm going to say winning over contractors, kind of getting them to think differently and to believe something that's different? How did that go? Initially, not well at all. So (laughs) You're an honest man. (laughs) Yeah. Initially, think about it. We made the product from the end user perspective, right? To benefit the end user. ROI lower electricity, reduce carbon footprint, all these things that are end user metrics and value props. But then we had to convince, so initially, like four years ago, five years ago, four years ago, when we would do an install, many times the end user would be all very much excited, ready to go. And the contractor or local technician internally would block it because they wanted no part of something new, don't care about efficiency. All they care about is risk and ease. And so that was also part of our retooling, as I mentioned before, creating that support ecosystem allowed us to have a value prop that was uniquely beneficial to the contractor world, right? Which is entirely different, right? They really don't care about efficiency. I mean, some do, but the vast majority don't. They care about what's easy and what's going to give me less callbacks and I don't have to worry about. And so by creating that ecosystem of support and us really, really, our customer support is second to none. I mean, it's just amazing. If you call our support line, you'll wait no more than two minutes and you'll get an actual best-in-class technician on the horn to walk you through whatever your problem is. It's remarkable. So once we started to be able to market that aspect to the contractors and make their value prep all about how we support them, really support them, which initially I don't believe, right? Because they are so used to terrible support. Never encountered it. Yeah. Right. Our biggest challenge is right there, is we have to get them to experience the support one time. And then they're our biggest advocate because then they see that we're for real. But it's a tough hill to climb because they're so they're conditioned to thinking support is worthless. They call carrier, wait four hours on the phone or any of the big OEMs, doesn't really matter. Same issue. And so, yeah, so once we figured that out, then we were able to attract contractors and technicians in droves. That's what's happening now because they're interested in that support and that help that we're offering. Can you name some of the supporters or maybe just give me some like characteristics of some of the supporters out there, people that took either a long or a short time to convert over, if you're comfortable with that. You mean on our techs or people that we have gone through on the convincing to become advocates? Convincing to become advocates. Sure. I mean, we're working with Comfort Systems, one of the largest largest contractor service technician groups in the country. So yeah, they initially, like everyone else, were, yeah, I don't believe it, don't believe it, even though we go, our guys are down there pitching to them. But as soon as we have a job and they have a problem, and then we either fly down there or help them on the phone just takes that one time and then they can't believe it. At first they're like, wait, this is normal? You guys do this regularly? And we're like, yeah, this is what we do. And so it's kind of a cool process. We're getting better and better at creating the environment where they will ask for that initial support. So for example, when people go through our accreditation process online, they have to take a little mini test at the end of their 30 minute video lesson. And so what we've just switched recently 
We used to call them after they finished and try to onboard them and, hey, welcome to Blue On. Here's what we're all about. But we're only getting about 25%. We were only getting a hold of. It's very difficult to get people on the phone, especially on their cell number because no one answers anybody. And so we've recently converted as of last week is we require that new accredited tech to push a button for a quick three-minute call with one of our techs in order to get accredited, to get access to the ecosystem. So that really allows us to communicate to them. They see the button is a real person. That real person is a really gifted technician like them, their peers. They understand that. And then that really changes their perspective of what we offer. That call is critical. You have a tie-in with MeasureQuick, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. We've been working with Jim and MeasureQuick for about a year, maybe 13 months, a little over a year. How does that perform? How does that work? What does that do for people? What MeasureQuick is building for us, and it should be done very soon, is a blue-on retrofit workflow, which basically takes the information, will take the information from our app in terms of the model number and the specs, take that as a code, flip it over to MeasureQuick. So then when you go through your workflow to do your retrofit, all of those steps are now built into that workflow. So it creates a very easy operation if you're a MeasureQuick user, which now pretty much everybody is, in order to perform that retrofit. So you're going to go through your evacuation process. It's going to give you that, walk you through that with the digital gauges and your micron test. It's going to walk you through the charging. It's going to let you charge with a scale like link to the software based upon the info from Luan's model number. And so it's going to really make this process very seamless and very easy and simple for the average contractor. And we're also working with Magic Quick. They're just releasing their multi-circuit mode, which for us is critical because most of our stuff is commercial, which allows us to tie it all together. But really working with Jim and Magic Quick and the team over there, we're just so much on the same page as trying to create these support ecosystems with, as Jim calls it, just-in-time training to allow technicians to become far better, far quicker with access to these tools, databases, information. So we're just natural sort of partners from a, what we're both going after. We're not competitors, we're collaborators. And uh, you're taking full advantage of technologies in terms of the apps, which allow you to onboard, provide that database, do the testing, and then, of course, the MeasureQuick app. So sort of the explosion in technologies in terms of both the tools and the communication devices, the phones and tablets, has really enabled both your companies to move quite quickly. For sure. Yeah. No, it's remarkable. You think about just what someone from 10 years ago, if they like get beamed here, they wouldn't be able to believe it, right? I mean, it's remarkable. What we can do now with MeasureQuick too, which I'm sure you're aware of, is you can test a system in five minutes and you can benchmark it to a dynamic benchmark. So the baseline moves with the conditions. So regardless of the conditions, I know how well that unit is performing versus its spec, which used to take weeks, if not months, with data logging. Now it takes five minutes, right? And so I can assess that and tune that system regardless of conditions. It is pretty incredible. You also uh, have a tie with TrueTech, my company or our company, maybe the primary online distributor for the product, and you're, but you're also building bricks and mortar wholesale distribution. You want to talk a little bit about where people can get the product? Sure. Yeah. Obviously, anywhere in the country you can get it from TrueTech. Yeah, our sole online and national distributor. And then we have, you go online, if you do our store, uh, supplier store on our website, blueonenergy.com, you can put in your zip code and it will tell you if there's a brick and mortar close to you. We also have uh, several strategic suppliers that are much more on the, I call them a combination of service and parts. Uh, these guys are 
unique in that they're pretty much large commercial only, but they have a different business model and they will support you more in a collaborative environment where they'll meet you on site, bring you what you need, help you diagnose a whole different process than your typical brick and mortar supplier, which is just like a, a large hardware store, so to speak. So yeah, you can go online, you can check it out. We're really trying to grow our network with these strategic ones just because they're just such a more value add to the contractor than the brick and mortar. That's been an interesting process as we move forward because those are sort of springing up all over the country in competition with a lot of the traditional brick and mortar guys. Sure, it's the value add. Feel free to mention any of those if you'd like to. I mean, this is your chance. (laughs) Sure, yeah. So we've got our big ones are Havtech out of Pennsylvania, Baltimore area, D.C., Great guys. We've got HC9, HTS, uh, TMI. Those are the prime. Veritech out of Phoenix. Those are our strategic guys. And we're also working with a lot of the larger Johnstone commercial shops. So Cafferty, the Ware Group, Waltham Group. Ware Group is hopefully not the wood on one yard line. And several others. Of, you know, Johnstone, as you know, is sort of not monolithic, right? Most of them are more residential, but there are about five or six of their franchises that are really out there in front of the commercial space, very value-add, and we're working with those guys as we come across them. You'd mentioned a little earlier about you amazed people by flying down to help them uh, travel. You know, traveling right now, we're talking during the middle of the pandemic, this is being recorded, outside of this sort of time frame. How does that happen? When does it happen? Why does it happen? So initially, if you are a contractor with more than roughly 10, we'll make exceptions, but 10 service techs, we will fly down there and do an in-person training with our one of our senior techs and a salesperson typically and train both the technicians and their sales force. That's no cost. We do that uh, as part of our basic offering. So when you first get accredited, you're a tier one accreditation, which means you can work on anything 20 tons and under with the blue on warranty and support, and it's all good. If you want to work on things larger, we require a tier two accreditation, and that's an in-person accreditation. So basically, if you're contractor X and you have a client with a 70-ton IntelliPak that wants to get converted, we will come down. We will do the job with you, no risk to you. So we take on all the risk of that job if it goes wrong so you don't have to worry about any errors or callbacks or failures. We will work on the job together. You will make half of the, the margin of that job. The other half becomes the contingency. And if there is anything left over, we'll take it as offset to our costs. But it becomes a no-cost, profitable training with no risk that lets you get a full sort of multi-day immersion into large, complex retrofits with our team. It doesn't cost you a dime. actually makes you money. And then fast forward in the future, if you have a problem or there's any type of – or you want us on site, we have a day rate. We can come down and support you as part of a job if you just want us there to help, which is very affordable. Or if there's a problem – Typically, we'll fly a guy down there at no cost to help you out. So it's just a matter of what's going on within your organization and where you are in your sort of adoption of the Blue On ecosystem. Sounds like a very flexible menu of choices that really supports the effort and the spirit of this as you as you started out the conversation with. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been great. And it really lets us get to know, it gets us to get two things, right? It gets us to know the contractors well, know the techs. It also keeps us in the field, which is important because we want to see the pain points right all the time. And the more pain points we can see, the more we can rectify them and offer solutions through our platform. So what does Peter do outside of this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what I, what I used to do is probably the better question. I used to, before the last couple of years where it's become 
pretty much 24 seven, seven days a week. I'm a really enthusiastic gardener. I would say that's probably my primary hobby outside of this. I have a big greenhouse, big garden, grow everything under the sun. Last year I kind of suffered because I was working too much, but in this summer, who knows with what the hell's going on, we'll see how that shakes out. But yeah, that's kind of my passion outside of work is gardening, vegetables, actual food that I can eat. I basically don't go to the grocery store from June to September. It's all my food. But yeah, like that's I love that. It keeps me grounded. It's the only thing I can do where you're fully present. Everybody's got to get those places where you're just present in the moment. And uh, very helpful to keep you sane. <laughs> I feel like we've covered a lot here. And for you, back up and free up the ears of our listeners. You gave us the web, web address, blueonenergy.com. Any other forms or means of contact? I guess there's the app, Android and iOS app they could download. Absolutely. If anything would be of high value to your listeners, is I, I really encourage you to download the app. It's either on the Play Store or on the Apple Store. Just type in Blue On or Blue On HVAC. Download it. It's really a remarkable piece of technology that gives you, you know, not only does it give you the retrofit guidelines we mentioned, it gives you the original manuals and wiring diagrams to every unit ever made, pretty much, you know, 95%. So that information is just super valuable to your listeners. All you need to do to unlock that is to take and pass the tier one test. Is that correct? That is correct. So it takes about 25, 30 minutes of your time. You push that button, you talk to one of our technicians to get onboarded three, four minutes, and you've got the access forever and ever. And how much obligation is there to buy a Blue On product? Zero. Really, it's there to give you the access to those guidelines. So when you do retrofit, we can say, okay, you have to follow these five steps or these eight steps. And that's what we require you to do in order to get the warranty and the support. Right. And the premise is, and I think you, you mentioned this at least in part, maybe a little bit longer formation of a sentence, or is that you want Blue Arm going into well operating equipment. Therefore, it's there's the process of getting things sort of in tune before you put in the new working fluid. Is that correct? That is correct. But there's also for the yellows, right? For that 25% that are yellows, there's also certain tweaks you have to make to that system in order to make it viable. And those are the really important ones, because if you don't make those tweaks, you can jeopardize a failure. Sure. So it's the green and the yellows get either green gets a tune up, uh, so to speak. Yellow gets modification. Red is not ready. Not, no. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> very good. Okay, cool. Anything else you want to share with the listeners? No, I just say very, very simply that we're here to support the contractor and service tech community. That's what we sort of have built our business on. And I would just say, take us up on it. Give us a try and see what you think. Absolutely. That's the impression I got. I've met Peter in person a couple of times and, and some of his staff, great people, great affiliations. Everyone should take a close look at this product. It's really something different. It's managed very differently. And everybody talks about solutions, but this truly is a solution. It's moved from product to retrofit to solution with all this backup information, this hard grounded in science. It's very, very different than anything you'll experience. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot, Bill. You're welcome. Thank you, Peter, for coming on today. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the Building HVAC Science Podcast. Take care. Thanks. Hope you enjoyed this podcast with Peter. There's a free, easy registration and testing process for techs to gain full access to the operating manuals for over 22,000 types of R22 units. You did hear me say free, right? It also tell you Blue On compatibility reading for each piece of equipment. Now, beyond all that, Blue On provides training, know-how, and demonstrates, and even sometimes in person, as you heard on the podcast, the skills necessary to be successful in converting equipment. 
Now, this sounds like a commercial for Bluon, which you just listened to. It sort of is, as we sell Bluon at True Tech Tools, and this is a True Tech Tools podcast. However, this is exactly the kind of product we love selling, smart, well-supported, and one that relieves a major pain point for our customers. I think it'll be a growing pain point. Plus, it's fun working with the energetic ninja team at Bluon, or as Peter calls them, as you heard, the analog renaissance carboys. You can learn more about Bluon at blueonenergy.com and join the thousands of techs every month that are downloading, enjoying, and using the app. Here's a closing quote for today. I grew up thinking a research scientist was a natural thing to be. That quote is by Stephen Hawking. So Peter, I'm comparing you with Stephen Hawking here. Maybe this will elicit a phone call. Take care, everyone, and we appreciate you listening to the Building HVAC Science Podcast. If you're not subscribed yet, you consider doing so by typing Building HVAC Science very simply into the search bar of one of these services for podcasts. You can also listen in your browser. We'd appreciate it if you like us and share the podcast. And if you want to keep up with other things that I find interesting, you can follow the podcast on Facebook by typing Building HVAC Science into the Facebook search bar. Take care, everyone, and we appreciate you listening to today's podcast with Blue On and Peter Capacciotti. Until next time.